Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the LYFoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, a LYF podcast series where we provide our insights, thoughts, and experiences on self-love exploration. My name is JR, Technology Coordinator and Board Member of the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is Ayla, Growth and Development Coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. How are you, JR? I am doing good. How are hey. you? <laughs> you like that? That was, that was a good one. Yeah, we love a little freestyle moment. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. I'm having a great weekend. And I think these episodes are always so fun to record with you. And I'm excited for today's because it's a brand new segment. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about where we're coining generational talks. So what we're going to be doing is kind of go over some topics between our different generations to see what is different, what is the same, how we can correlate one another. Because me and Ayla definitely are from different generations, but as you have been listening on this show, pretty similar, even mm -hmm. though we're different generations. So it's, we're going to be really curious, really interesting to, to have these kind of discussions. And really just see what we can learn from each other. And the whole purpose is to see um, how we can learn from other generations and to be open-minded about how each of us go about things. Yes. So how about you kick us off, Ayla? What's your first one? My first one that I really wanted to discuss with you was the whole topic centered around making friends as an adult. Mm. Now, this is something that I've seen come up quite frequently in my circles lately about how after college, how difficult it is to make friends because outside of school, where do you meet people? Where do you make friends? So I'm really interested to see from your perspective how that works any tips? <laughs> and I go from there. This one's a little tricky one because I don't know if it's necessarily a generational thing. I think it's more so of a personality thing. Okay. Uh, from my perspective, at least, I think that if you have that personality to meet new people, put yourself out there, talk about yourself, have the confidence in doing something like that, that is a little bit easier to make friends outside of school. I think it was easy for me to make friends because I was the goofy one, funny one, whatever the case may be, that I ended up making a lot of friends at work. But 
I think that that is uh, a little bit easier to do, whether it's school or work, you know, you're going there every single day, you're, you know, these people and um, the hours that you're working together. But outside of that, I don't know, I think, you know, you're meeting people through friends of friends, you're meeting people out at like, at least for me at the time, you know, at a bar or something, you strike up a conversation with somebody. I don't know. I, that's actually curious. Maybe it is a generational thing, <laughs> the, the more I talk about well, it. I know that you, and I don't know when this started, but you seem to have gotten a lot more involved with your golf club yeah. or however that works. And I wonder um, if, because I know you've met people there as well and become very familiar. Maybe there's just my generation. I mean, we're, we're just exiting college, so it's not like we've had ample time, but getting more involved in stuff like that, where we're a part of a common hobby that's routine every so often that we are able to meet people through that hobby. Maybe right. that's... Yeah, I would agree with that. The first meetup that RGC LV had, which was last year, I didn't know anybody that went there. I didn't bring a friend with me. It was just me going down there because this was something that I was passionate about. Always wanted a chapter here in Las Vegas to start up. And when it finally happened, I just went. And now I've made really good friends for the guys that are that are in the group I've made friends with and I feel like I've known them for years. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the common thing of just having a hobby, being around other people who are just as passionate of this hobby as you are. What I would pose a question to you is, of course, the gym is a little bit more of a singular type of hobby where you're going there, you have a goal, you're just going to go there for an hour, you're going to leave. How often or how not often is it that somebody comes up to talk to you or you you strike up a conversation with somebody? I think the only time I would or would want someone to is if I was doing one of the classes at the gym, the kickboxing or cycling or Zumba class even, because we have kind of some time before the class starts to talk. And like, for me, when I'm working out, if people come up to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I doing something wrong? Like, and I also don't want to bother other people because, you know, everyone has headphones in and it just seems very standoffish, if anything. So I feel like I would need to go to the classes routinely. And I've seen people and I've gone to a class before and I've seen people have kind of the people that they know that go to that. But I think that, again, it's just something you have to do regularly. And I think sometimes for my generation, that's hard right now because we don't really know what our hobby is or we want it to be. But I think that that just comes from like, pick something and try it and see if you like it or not, you know? Yeah. But I think that that whole step of doing that is very difficult just because we're so used to connecting with people so much online that sometimes in person it's a little bit weird <laughs> yeah yeah and i was going to ask you about that too is it is it hard or difficult for you to talk to people in person or even just talking to somebody on the phone for example because i know that my generation that's all we did was talk to people on the phone and i know that there is especially where i was working at one point the gen z generation that was coming in just would not pick up the phone regardless they don't want they're like can i just text this person like no it's a landline phone you gotta, <laughs> you gotta call them so I wonder, oh is it difficult to talk to people in person? Yeah, yeah, it is. For me, I, I don't feel that way at work because I also worked at UNLV where I had to answer the phone all the time. And for me, I knew they were calling me and they were probably more scared than I was because <laughs> yeah. they're like me, you know? When I'm calling into places, like setting an appointment or something, I have to like write down a script and I'm very nervous. And I almost pray that they don't answer because I don't want to go through that. It's, it's a struggle for some reason. 
but like I do prefer text otherwise most times unless it's someone I'm close with me and my friend can FaceTime or call and it's fine but if it's someone I don't know I don't know why it just becomes weird and and not fun (laughs) in general though I'm very a quiet person and I think that's when it becomes a personality because in person if I'm at an event or something alone I'm very reserved and quiet and just an active listener. And if someone talks to me, though, I will respond and I can have a good conversation then. But I'm not usually the type to start that conversation. I gotcha. Yeah. So I think that's when it depends on what kind of person you are and if you're willing to move forward like that. Yeah, because I I would say, again, like you mentioned, it is a personality thing where I'm kind of the same way, too. When I'm out by myself at an event somewhere that I don't really know a lot of people, I am very shy. It's hard for me to start a conversation. It's definitely hard for me to keep up a conversation, too, because I'm so much of a listener than I am a talker, which probably people listening are like, what? You're always talking so much on these on these shows. Trust me, it's not the same when the microphone is away from my mouth. So yeah, it's definitely harder for me to do that. I know when I was growing up, I would feel like it's the same mentality where it was not that fun to try to talk to somebody in person, but maybe a little bit more difficult to even have that type of scenario come up. But yeah, maybe that's just me and maybe that's just my personality. But I will say that it it has always been easy to talk on the phone where even if it's a stranger that I'm trying to talk to, that's just something that I grew up with and that was kind of the norm. I wonder though if technology has changed things between generations of just communication strictly. Yeah. And I remember in when I was still getting my degree and we would talk about this in classes, how if you go to a campus, everyone's on their phone. If you go through a hallway while people are waiting for the class, they're on their phone. Like people are not talking to each other. And I think that that's kind of sad. And I'm, I'm one of the people that I wish that wasn't the case. So you would be forced to meet people and talk to people and just even be acquaintances, you know, but I think it's so much easier to just overly rely on using your phone. So you don't have to address that you're alone in public or whatever yeah. it is that we've in my generation we've just been super accustomed to using the phone as a buffer sure. yeah and i think my generation has adopted that as well mm-hmm. because i do see a lot of us just you know if you don't want to talk to anybody you pull that phone out mm-hmm. and it is kind of sad that our heads are down in our devices the whole entire time i i make it a big example for myself of just not pulling the phone out especially if i'm out with a friend out at dinner whatever the case may be to really stay in the moment and and be with that person because you know they're giving you their time to be with you be respectful of that and don't look at your device because you know you can look at it any 14 hours out of the 15 hours of the day just give that other person that time And speaking of that, one of my other things that I wanted to talk about is social media and just your perspective of it in general, how you use it, what you think of it. Um, And obviously, it's kind of uh, obvious what my generation thinks, but I'll kind of go into like my perspective after, of course. Yeah. So we grew up with AIM for a little bit, which was AOL Instant Messenger. That was our way of communicating with people. We also were shown chat rooms for the first time. So that was kind of our social media of just going into random chat rooms and talking to people and and stuff like that. Then it turned into MySpace. So MySpace was banging back in the day, trying to do our little HTML code so we can make things, make it glitter and have music playing in the background and all that stuff. Oh man, it was lit. Uh, and then Facebook and then Twitter ended up coming about. But I think in general, for our generation, social media is 
a way to stay connected and a way to, at least in my mind, how to start a business, if that makes any sense, or how to capitalize on your strengths to further something for yourself. Yeah, because at least in the circle of friends that I have, you know, we're using social media as a way to market ourselves, use it as a way to promote ourselves for our own business, whether you're an artist, if you're a singer, dancer, whatever the case may be, that's what we're using it for primarily. Yeah, I think, I wonder with us growing up with social media that way, that maybe we have a better understanding of how social media works because we've been using it for a long time. But at the same time, I mean, there's things that are coming up. Like I just started a TikTok account not too long ago. Wow. And <laughs> you're like, oh, hooray. Welcome to the trap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Bro. Uh, TikTok is definitely a time. I can't even tell you how long. I I, I don't even want to open up my app to see how long I've been okay. using that thing. But yeah, I think that we use it for those factors and yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting to go back down the road and, and see where it all. I won't speak for the entirety because I know there's always a select few that don't. And I even have friends that I can think of that use it that way. But for what I can tell, for the most part, my generation does not use it for connection to other Oh, people. okay. It may be surprising because I mentioned how a lot of times we stick to the phone to know people. But I feel like for us, it's much more a few things. One, for entertainment. So we use it for games. We use it for watching videos and whatever it may be on any platform, just staying entertained and out of boredom. And then also to kind of keep in the know. It's how we know what's trending, how we find out new things, what to buy even. like It's much more so, from what I can tell, meant for propelling society's perception and whatever's trending at that moment like we much more use it for that than to know what someone else is doing from what I can tell and even my experience I don't use it for that at all and I follow people but honestly I could delete Instagram and feel fine (laughs) and just move forward with watching TikToks and doing other things and that's how like I know what's going on and stuff like that like I found out a lot of news that way even so I feel like it's really interesting and I it's almost got to the point that it feels like social media is so fake that I can't use it to be connected to people mm. in a way that people only use it to show pictures of themselves. Like a lot of people in my generation will literally just go to a place to take a picture and then post that picture. And uh, I've been there. I've done it too. Or news, like an engagement or a pregnancy or something. Not necessarily me knowing how they're feeling each day. Like Facebook, you can do statuses right. or you know, stuff like that. So for me, I think I've just gotten to the point where I perceive it as I don't really know this person through this at all. So I don't attribute any trust or credibility to that. Yeah. Wow. That's actually pretty interesting because I thought that it would be the same way too for your generation, but I guess living in the internet for ever since its existence of, especially with social media and, and you guys kind of growing up with that as well, is a little bit different mentality of what you use it for. Yeah, I think that definitely in the Facebook world too, there's a a lot of connection, at least in our generation, especially because I graduated high school back in 2006. So a lot of us are in our 30s at this point that there's so much time that has passed since graduating high school that there are so many more events that are happening for us that maybe that's what kind of stems more of that connection for us of like, oh, this person that I used to know now has two kids and is married. Like, that's cool. So it's just it's interesting what the difference is when it comes to that. Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to hear, like, 
where you come from with it. Because I mean, my mom, she uses TikTok all the time. And it's so cringy to me because I'm like, <laughs> when did old people started using it? <laughs> but actually, um, I was reading research, actually. And it said that the demographic for TikTok is actually moving up in age, where more people that are older, like 30 to 55, are using the app than younger, which I oh. thought was very interesting because it wouldn't be what I would expect from it. Yeah, I thought at least of all the social media that TikTok would be the one that has the youngest yeah, um, but apparently users. that's changing, which is fascinating. I don't know why that is, but as far as my perspective goes on social media and all that, I was off of social media for a very long time, probably like five, six years or something like that. Wow. I recently came back when I started LYF because I really wanted to use the social media to promote LYF and stuff that I was on because I was on a couple of uh, podcasts with Monica that I wanted to share with other people. The way I use social media, of course, there's a vanity to it. I mean, I'm posting golf swings on there. Of, like, <laughs> I don't know how many people are even interested. It makes me happy. It's fun for me to create videos. As you know, I have my own show and I like to edit and do all that stuff. So it's fun for me to post that stuff regardless of who ends up seeing it. But it's also a way for me to kind of share my story too. There are posts on there about my gambling addiction. There are posts of our show, the conversation of trying to reach out a different audience of this is what we talk about. This is what we do. If you're interested, take a listen. And it is actually been kind of fulfilling in a way because there has been a couple people who come to me that don't follow LIF, that don't follow any of my other stuff other than my own page or my own account that were thanking me of, hey, thank you for being that vulnerable. Thank you for talking about your addiction. And they end up opening up about stuff that has happened in their life. So I like to use it as a platform for me to advocate a little bit. There's one side of it where it's mental health and mental health awareness. And there's the other side of it where it's golf and things that entertain me that I like to show to the world. But also with golf, it's more of me trying to show that it's more accessible than you think it is. That if people who are interested in either playing the game or just even swinging a club, you can see where I'm coming from. I don't feel fit the normal demographic of what a golfer looks like that that might encourage people to ask. And I've gotten a couple of people asking like, hey, do you do lessons or do you Wow. I, want to, I want to learn how to how to play golf. Can you teach me? So yeah, it, it's a lot of advocating on that. So definitely enjoy it. It's a lot more of an enjoyable experience than it had been in the past. In the past, it was purely vanity, where it was just showing off the vacation that I was on or this cool life moment that has happened and was really trying to find the views in that in that sense. So yeah, my mentality with social media is a little bit different now. I like the idea of sharing my story. Like you said, that's what you use it for. And I think that if more people used it that way, it would be a less toxic place and a more connecting way for us to see that the experiences we go through aren't lonely experiences. So I'll have to remember that and make some changes on my own, I think. I think it also helps of just being, of course, it depends on your comfort level, but getting to a place of being vulnerable to show that side, because like you said, social media can be very fake. That I think it's more authentic when you're vulnerable because you never know whose lives you're going to touch. And when I started social media, started with LYF, one of the things that I told myself was that I wanted to do something that was bigger than me. And when it came to mental health, mental health awareness, my addiction, all that stuff, it gave me that opportunity to tell my story and to hopefully help at least one person. And it's actually helped quite a bit of people. So I find joy and fulfillment through that. Definitely. Wow. I'm glad I asked. And it's really nice to hear that perspective as well. 
Generational talks. That's what we do on, <laughs> on this segment. You know what I'm saying? All right. I got one for you. What is your generation's view on money? Money. I was thinking about asking about this, but I wasn't quite sure. We struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a couple types of people. A lot of people in my generation have this high bar of expectation because of how popular people with money get on social media. Like they have more clothes, they have more things, they're popular bloggers because they can travel the world kind of thing. And so we kind of have this perspective of we need to get there and we're not there. So we're a failure. So there's that that era of it and like I'm only 21 and there's still people that are around my age that we really struggle with the fact that we're not a millionaire by now which (laughs) which when you say that it's a lot of pressure and it's kind of creepy but on the flip side there's a lot of people who have no attachment to money in the sense that we're like well you're only guaranteed today kind of mentality. So I will spend my money as I get it and I won't save because I don't know if I will even have a future. And it's kind of dark, but in the sense of like global warming and all these things that can happen and just knowing we're very much indulge in the present than save for the future. Just as a a collective, I think that that becomes popular. And then there are the people that are so conservative with their money and they are hustling and trying to save for that path. But I think that that is a minute few, like as opposed to the other two categories. Yeah. Wow. That's very interesting. I know for the millennial side, where we're at right now, it is more geared towards retirement investments, definitely trying to save money because I'm 33 now. A lot of my generation is around that age that we're trying to save for a future, I guess you could say. And I think that as a younger person in our generation, I think the emphasis was to try and work as hard as you can in order to save as much as you can. So that way, when you're ready to retire, you will have this nest egg for yourself. But I think as time moves on, we're starting to realize that there are different ways to make money, passive income options for us to get a little bit more funds into our bank account that now we're trying to shift our mentality into why am I going to wait until I'm 65 when I can make this money now? So I think that that is kind of where our mindsets are at. And I think that our parents' generation was definitely a different outlook where it was like, you need to save as much as possible. Keep saving, keep saving, keep saving because You're going to have a family, you're going to have kids, and you're going to need that money for when all that happens, and then you need the money when you are ready to retire. Now it's getting to a point where some of us are like, I don't even know if I want to have kids. I don't Mm -hmm. even know if I want to get married. I don't even know what the future looks like 10 years down the road. So let me bust my buns as hard as possible to get (laughs) all this money so that way I can live my life now at 35, 40, instead of waiting for 65 or later because we want to enjoy it now. I think that my generation is aware of the 65 retirement and we see it as why would I want to wait till I'm 65 when I don't have my 20 year old body to do all of those things, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's where we don't want to save because we're like, well, I would rather do that now when I'm in my prime, but obviously we don't have the money we would if we were retired, you know? But my question to you is when you look back at your 21 year old self, do you wish you would have approached money differently? Oh, a hundred percent. 
a hundred percent. I know I've talked about it before, but the addiction that I had, I, I don't really have a lot of good examples from my own family of saving money and, and all that. The money definitely came in and went out pretty quickly. So I just felt like that was normal and you having credit card debt is normal. It, it just ended up being that way. What I know now about money and what I knew about money back when I was 21, I would rather have what I have now than back then. I'm a lot smarter when it comes to money. I understand the benefit of being debt free so uh, yeah if i can go back in time and tell that dude hey <laughs> wake up okay I, I i definitely would and also too it's just well those life experiences that you have also you don't know what is really happening at that time and then everything's kind of hindsight at the end but yeah i i think that where i am at now i wish i would have known when i was 21 what are like three of those things that you wish just as an advice and this kind of goes back to that book that I have recommended to you too, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. One is having an emergency fund. So $1,000 in your savings for whenever anything happens. That was a big one for me because I didn't have any money to save, let alone $1,000 that when anything ever happened, I would just go right on the credit card and then I would barely pay that off for whatever reason. So definitely $1,000 in my savings account. Living within your means as well. The idea of quote unquote, keeping up with the Jones of buying all this cool stuff. I think that's where my generation falls short. <laughs> yeah, buying all this cool stuff for nobody to see, nobody even cares, but you feel like people care because you want to show off that you have money. But that's another one. Don't keep up with the Joneses. Just live within your means. Don't go too crazy. Of course, you can splurge a little bit here and there, but to do it at excess is not the way. And then the last one that I would say is... That's a good one. I don't even know what the last one would be. <laughs> There's so much that comes with when you educate yourself about money that it really changes your outlook on things. So you say reading that book was a pivotal point for you. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it, it just felt like a lot of no-brainers. You read the things in the book and you're like, oh, yeah, well, of course that makes sense. But you never told that to yourself before. So, <laughs> yeah, that, it definitely helped me get back on track. So I would recommend it to anybody. Well, this is, again, my reminder to read it. Yeah. And honestly, March 1st is going to be when I have to start paying my own bills and like being a real adult. And so <laughs> if there's any time to learn about money, it is now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, start off on the right foot and because living on your own is definitely a big endeavor. And because you have never had that experience yet, you just want to make sure that you are safe, you are sound, you are being taken care of. And sometimes it has to deal with money. So if you know how to prioritize your spending and know when your bills are due and all that, yeah, it's going to be beneficial for you. This season, we wanted to reflect on the hierarchy of needs and me talking about that, the physical needs and the safety, security. Understanding money is a good way to help yourself secure those first two needs and be able to know that you can grow and prosper because you don't have to worry about money. So if that's something that you struggle with, myself included, I think reading this book is a good start to setting yourself up for success in the future so you can reach self-actualization and begin being your best self. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. I didn't mean to, for this to turn into a podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's important and it's interesting to see the difference in generations when it comes to that, because just Growing up with that and seeing it through my parents and now where, where I'm at and now where you are at, money is always a constant, but it's always looked at in a different way, which is kind of fascinating. Definitely. For the last thing of this episode that I wanted to ask about, how 
I guess the way I want to phrase this is for me, I'll start with my perspective and kind of lean in that way. I don't watch cable at all. And when I live on my own, I will not have cable. And I think that my generation will kill it. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Because when you have streaming services, you really have no need for that. And it's nice to not have advertisements and stuff like that. But with that, I don't watch the news and I don't get the only way I get news. I used to have Twitter and that was a really good way for me to know what was happening. But now on the news app on my phone, sometimes I get updates or on TikTok. And that's my very minute access to the things that are going on in the world. And I know a lot of people in my age don't watch the news at all, unless they're with their parents or anything. And so I was just wondering, how do you keep up with the news and your perspective on that? I keep up with the news pretty similar to the way that you do. Twitter is really a big one for me. I follow a lot of news pages and usually every morning because I'm usually reaching for my phone when I wake up. But <laughs> I end up going on Twitter just to see what's going on. I go into the the trending space because that's usually where the breaking news is pretty mm-hmm. much happening. So that's how I get my news. My dad is of the generation of leaving the TV on and falling asleep to the news. I definitely am not that generation. I don't have cable either. I'm not putting the news channel on my computer when I'm working or any of that stuff. I don't know what it is. It's maybe because it's not entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> It's so negative. It's It's, it's it's very dry. And I don't see the purpose of just sitting around for hours in a day listening to the same news story over and over again. I think a lot of the US news is biased, like on both ends. And so it's hard to know what's happening. And if it's a bad or a good thing. I mean, most of the times they report bad. But so I think that for me, that's a lot of times why I like stick to online because I can read articles. I can see what people are saying, you know? Yeah. Cause you can fact check immediately on anything that you're reading or that you're watching online versus somebody who's telling it to you on the news. Yeah. It definitely is a more proactive approach to the news. So if things don't sit well with you, you're like, wait, let me just double check this real quick and go on Google and, d- and make sure. So yeah, that that is definitely how I do it is through social media. Very interesting. It's interesting to see that even 10 years apart that you also approach it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't think we'd be talking about news on this show either. <laughs> so this is definitely a different direction for season two, and I like it. <laughs> Just seeing all things, I think when it comes to anything that we've talked about today, they all reflect back to either your perception of yourself, your understanding of your place in the world how you care and love for yourself. And I think that just reflecting on even news to money to making friends, all of these things contribute to your health and well-being. And so I'm really happy that we can do this segment and kind of see where we're both at and maybe we're more like than we even can see. But we will do this at least one more time throughout the season. So you are listening and you do have specific topics that you want us to go over. Feel free to let us know. But before we end the episode, we will go over our quotes of Let's the get week. In the quotes. And what is your quote, JR? My quote for today is Life would be tragic if it weren't funny by Stephen Hawking. Wow. <laughs> that can be taken so many ways. So many ways. <laughs> so many ways. And the way that I took it is it's good to laugh, you know? Life yeah. can be serious, life can be hard, but if you make it a point to make yourself laugh, watch something that makes you laugh, or be around friends and family that, you know, crack jokes or whatever, makes life a little bit easier. I definitely agree. Keeps things lighthearted. Don't take things too seriously or personally. And right. Yeah, I like that one. 
very different. Thank you. <laughs> My How about you? Is every day may not be good, but there's something good in every day by Alice Morris Earl. Oh, so two quotes that are pretty similar in the sense of not everything is so bad all the time. You can definitely find something in the day that is good, that made you feel good, that was positive. And I like that. I think that's really important too when you are sad and you do feel like you're having bad days to take the time to have gratitude and reflect back on your day. Even if it's only one thing, just thinking like, wow, that was a good part of my day. And that can help change your perspective so much. It helps me at least. I love that. And speaking of that, I think we're at the end of this episode. Ayla, do you have a prompt for those that are listening from what we talked about today? I will say this week, just think about how you can take what we talked about today and just think about how you are caring for yourself and how you can use knowledge from other generations to change your perspective on life in general, or just even give you a new idea of improvements that can be made or things you can try because we don't have to have it all solved ourselves. And the great thing about being young, at least for my generation, is that you can look at the mistakes and the answers from other generations to move past that. And I think with your own self-discovery journey, it is very important to be open to new things to try, new ideas and possibilities to learn. So my prompt to you this week is to just take the time to learn and consider something new. Perfect. I like that. And with that, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and the things that we talked about today. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thanks for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home. Uh-huh.